Meanwhile, at a Starbucks. Excuse me. Yes, may I help you? Can I speak to the manager, please? I am the manager. You are the manager? You can't be more than 12. Trust me, I am. I know how to do a lot of things. Is there anything I can do to make your experience better? Yeah, my coffee was too hot. I ordered hot coffee, but this is ridiculous. Actually, it looks like it's right at 128 degrees. If it was any hotter, it would be illegal. Well, the air conditioning is up way too high in here. I'm going to need you to turn that down before I get... All right, I just did turn it down, so hopefully that's okay for you. Is there anything else? Yes, there is. Those boys over there, they're speaking Latino, and it's too loud, and it's too close to me, and I want them removed. Is there a problem with someone speaking another language? I'm sorry, you're being rude. Uh-oh. Are you a customer service employee and you're dealing with a Karen? Well, we've got the answer for you. When you're dealing with a Karen, you need to use a Megan. Ow! Get off of me! Get off of me! I'm sorry, are you getting upset? Well, I'm getting Steve. You... Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Sometimes women have less manners than children, and I need to teach you a lesson. Order up, order for Karen. Shut the sticker out. Do you have anything to say for yourself? Do you know who the fuck I am? I do know who you are. You're a dead bitch. Hi, sorry for your wait. Um, order for Becky? Order for Becky up. Just step over the dead body. Hi, everybody. Hello, and welcome to episode 249 of Comic Book Queer's Legacy. I am your host, Brett, and this is Evil Jeff. Hello, Evil. Hello. I'm going to replace you with a Megan. How about that? Oh, God. <laughs> it probably would be more lifelike. <laughs> we saw the movie, Megan. We're going to review it later. Um, but at first, I just want to say, Evil Jeff, I've never related to or rooted for a character more in my life. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's really hard to uh, – people like, is it – my sister's like, is it scary? And you're like, it's hard to be scared when you want it to kill everybody. <laughs> yeah, okay. We'll save this for later. You can, you can see where this review is going. Yes, yes. Um, Evil Jeff, how are you doing? I'm doing How great. Year? Yeah, I'm starting off the new year with a bang. With uh, there's who'd some you, great movies and great TV coming out. Who did I bang? Myself. <laughs> um, Hot. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. What's what's new with you? How's New York doing? It's great. It's um, it's it's great. I mean, it's uh, it's it's a magical place. You know, I really wouldn't um want to be anywhere else i didn't leave my apartment today that's great yeah i uh 
Yeah, it's been raining here. Like it's it's one of the biggest rains like in the past like twenty years. Oh, that's right. How are you faring, in LA? The... I mean, I'm fine because I don't really have to go anywhere. But unfortunately, we our sewer systems aren't great. So when people are driving around, like just the it's just like a big pool in the streets. So that's fine. Gross. Gross. That's fine. But now we have to deal with everyone in LA just being like, we really needed this. Really it's about time. This. Yeah, it's about time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we talked about the Golden Globes last week before they aired. They aired. I don't want to talk about the whole thing, but I do want to say Regina Hall questioning whether or not Kevin Costner really wanted to be there, as the teleprompter said, when he couldn't make it to the awards, then learning that he had to shelter in place because of the rains. That was one of the Probably funniest things ever. one of the funniest things in <laughs> the awards show I've ever seen in my life. Because she stayed on top of that moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is just a testament to her talent and her personality and her she, humor. They need to let her host more things because I felt she yeah. did dynamite at the Oscars. I think she's, she needs to be in more things. She's just, like, she is such, she's so underrated. And she's so, she's I mean, I guess, so, I mean, the, right, the people in the know know that she's amazing, but she needs more, she needs to be given her due. She needs the right vehicle. And I think also, I wonder, do people not know? Should we cast her in drama? Should we cast her in comedy? We don't know. But that's the Is thing. That she happening? can do anything. She can do. She can it do all. anything. Cast her in all of it. What a gift. Also, have you seen the Banshees of Ed Sheeran? The Banshees of Ed Sheeran. Is that the name of it? I did see that movie. Yes. Oh, you did. Yes. Did it deserve to beat Everything Everywhere? No. Um. No, I don't think so. Uh. I think it's a good movie. I had some issues with it, but the acting is really good. It's one of those things where the old farts are like, that's too crazy. It's too much going on. It's an action movie. This is a much more like slow, well-acted piece. Yeah. Although I just will say for the Banshees of Ed Sheeran, which is now what I'm calling that from now on, um, there were just plot points in the movie where I'm like, I don't believe that would ever happen. Like that's happening because of the movie. And I don't believe oh. a real human being would ever do that ever. It didn't make any sense to me. So that being said, yeah, of course, everywhere all at once. But I think the old farts are just too scared to vote for that shit. But yeah. still, we did get some wins in it. So. Yeah. Uh, the big ones. Yeah. The acting. The legends. The icons. The Michelle Yeohs. The Kiwi Kwan. As we've learned. Kihui Kwan, I like cried during his acceptance speech. It was so So I cried. I cried for the first 10 minutes of the globe. So Gerard Carmichael did his thing. And I was like, this tone is so weird. I don't know how I feel right now. And then they gave it to Kihui Kwan. Then they gave it to Miss Angela Bassett. There's Mm -hmm. a hot topic. Oh, yeah. First award win, acting award win for... Um, a Marvel MCU uh, vehicle. Incredible. Incredible. I hope she wins the Oscar. That would be amazing. Ah! I mean, someone, she deserves to have, she should have an Oscar by now. So give it to her. Doesn't she have one already? No, she was only nominated for. Uh, Stella? No, 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 no. For um, what's Bitch, love got to do with it? She won. She didn't win for that. She won for Tina Turner. No, she did not. She won for Tina Turner. No, she did not because Halle Berry was the first black woman to win Best Actress. And like, fuck. Yeah. So it was not uh, Angela Bassett. Oh. For Monster's Ball. 
Yeah, I she deserves one by now, so fucking give it to her. But can we also fucking just talk give about give it to her? Oh my god! I mean, the gift of Jennifer Coolidge presenting and winning both were amazing, hilarious. <laughs> She's so great. She's amazing, and um, yeah, I I just. I felt uh, it was a pretty good turnaround, although there's a new backlash against Jamie Lee Curtis where it's like she's trying so hard that they're mad that it's kind of like taking it away from the people of color. Where she's oh, like, I, people are win, more, media is more willing to pay attention to Jamie Lee Curtis than the, right, the, right, right. the than the other actors in the movie, which is kind of unfair. Which isn't her fault, but, you know. Interesting. Media's racist. What are you going to do? Yeah, they're racist. What are you going to do except fire the, or no, no, not fire them all. Have some minor demographic changes within your organization, put them on hiatus for a year and then bring them back, address it oddly at the top and then pretend none of it ever happened. Just ogle Brad Pitt the entire time. Yeah. I will say Gerard uh, Carmichael, it was a very, uh, he's funny and I love his stand-up set. It was very, it did not feel like a, ho- like he was, it was like a, a hosting gig. It was a very weird vibe. I, I do think he's funny and I think he's great, but it was a weird vibe. But I was like, but maybe that's what this show needed was a weird vibe. I thought the weird vibe at the top was somewhat oddly appropriate. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm like. like I no feel like this award. is what they yeah. deserve. <laughs> yeah. You had to kind of like ease into it. And like he had a scolding tone. Yeah. Top, but even in the, in the commercials where he'd come back and he's like, can everybody shut up? We're back. Like I was like, and that's not his fault, but it was like, uh, did they forget how to do these award shows it was weird i also yeah. felt bad that they had the piano woman playing everybody and out bullied and then her. everyone is like yelling at her <laughs> they were like fuck you bitch i know michelle yo is like i'm gonna she, fucking beat you up she had the worst night of her life that poor woman that poor chloe oh anyway what an evening however i hear that some of them can't make it to the critics choice awards because of the covid they got at the golden globes yeah who knew the Col- the golden globes were also a super spreader event yeah they like they are cursed to be toxic that's why the golden yeah, globes yeah. cannot be on the air anymore and brendan fraser lost that's soiled. how they i'm sure brendan fraser oh. won and they were like, and they were uh, like, nope, throw that out because I could understand. Colin Farrell is actually amazing in the Banshees of Ed Sheeran, um, so if he beat Brendan Fraser, I could maybe understand that. But Elvis, I am sick and fucking tired of people playing a famous singer and, winning and then winning an award. We've got Judy Garland. We have Freddie Mercury. We have who else do we have? We have, um, well, okay, just those two. But, I don't know. Loretta Lynn. Oh, yeah. Loretta Lynn. We Sissy have, Spacek for Coal Miner's Daughter. Yeah. We have uh, uh, Virginia Woolf, Nicole Kidman. I'm sure she said right. something once. Yeah, with that nose. But then even didn't uh, What's-His-Nuts win for playing Dick Cheney to uh, Christian Bale? If you play somebody real, I don't remember. No, he won for- And then Gary Oldman played- uh, The town? The fi- No, he won for playing Dick Cheney. Christian Bale did? Yeah, didn't he? And he also didn't he also win for that boxing movie where yeah. he was Mark, yeah. Mark Wahlberg's Christian brother? Bale has won has won multiple Oscars. And Gary Oldman won for playing like Winston Churchill. Meryl Streep won play... for playing Margaret Thatcher. Stop. Who cares? Oh, they look just like the famous person. Who gives a I shit? I can't stand it. Imaginary characters are more interesting than yeah. these impressions. 
Yeah, because it's not an impression. You're literally just you having to make it up from scratch. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. Let's move on. Let's talk about the X-Men. Hit it. I want your X. All right, here's the thing. I'm starting to get weary. I need Sins of Sinister to start. I need Beast to end. And I need shit to get moving because I'm kind of starting to check out on some of this shit. Krakoa needs an enema. Let's get yeah. stuff moving. Like, I'll say this. Let's start with, I, I, like, I'm already bored with Dark Web. I really don't care. And I did not read the latest uh, Dark Web installment. What was it? Amazing Spider-Man? Yeah, Amazing Spider-Man 15. Is Dark it just, Web are is, they fighting, like, Madeline Pryor and something in it? No. Dark Web is a comedy. I did not expect Dark Web to be a comedy. Dark Web is, it is more of a joke than a serious event, which is what I kind of love about it. So this whole issue, last time, Chasm sent Peter Parker and J. Jonah Jameson and Robbie Robertson to Limbo. So we cut to them in Limbo. And what is happening is the Limbo demons have recreated the Daily Bugle. And they're all pretending to be reporters who work there. And they just want Peter and J. Jonah and everyone and Robbie to act like classic Spider-Man stuff. So they keep telling J. Jonah Jameson, like, yell that you want tasty Spider-Man pictures. <laughs> He's like, I want Spider-Man pictures. They're like, no, tasty ones. He's like, I want tasty Spider-Man pictures. They're like, no, yell it. Wait, it's, did they like, know that Spider-Man so is Peter Parker in this? Are they telling yeah, him they know the all of it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because Ben Riley is, he's like controlling all of this. So oh. like anything Ben knows, they know. Um, it's hilarious. One of the, so all of the demons, um, they're working in the Daily Bugle. One of them is obsessed with Peter Parker and we'll cut to him later. But what Chasm does, Ben Riley does in Limbo, he takes six demons and he transforms them through magic into demonic versions of Dr. Octopus and the Green Goblin and the Rhinoceros. So the Sinister uh, Six? Yeah, but they're called the Insidious Six. Okay. And so they go to attack Peter Parker, but the demon that's obsessed with Peter Parker, he wants magic to turn him into like a demonic Spider-Man. So he can, like, he just wants to be Spider-Man. He winds up making a deal with another demon, bada bing, bada boom. So you're just watching this whole parody, demonic parody of the Daily Bugle and of Spider-Man. And then at the end, the cute little demon obsessed with Peter Parker shows up and he's like a, kind of like a Venom Peter Parker hybrid fashioning himself to be a hero that's going to help Peter get out of limbo. And that's it. Yeah. I just feel like there's the, I feel like there's just not really the stakes just aren't high enough for me, for me to care. Yeah. I, and that's why I'm like, okay, I'm in it for the bits now. Yeah. All right. I think we all know where this is going. Ben Riley's going to fail, but I think Madeline is going to have some kind of weird reconciliation yeah. with the Summerses and the Greys. Yeah. And I'm here for the ride. It's fun. It's jokey. There was an issue, I think it was Venom, where it's just Venom and Spider-Man fighting, but an animated scooter, like a scooter that's alive with Inferno demon energy, like a demon scooter 
is stuck in the middle of their fight. And the whole issue is just the scooter being like, you gotta be kidding me. It's pure (laughs) slapstick of just this demon scooter being accidentally tossed around by Venom and Spider-Man. And it's so funny. And it's like a whole issue. All right. What should we we talk about Wolverine? Let's talk about some Wolverine. Do you know what this was reminding me of? Which also was like, this isn't as good as this. Um, The fever dream issue from the Outback era. Are you fucking kidding me? We are so in sync, Brett. Yes. We're twins. That's exactly (laughs) what I was going to tell. Say. Me too. Me too. The cover even reminded me of that. Yeah. But here's the thing is it's like, it's just not as good as that. That was so amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, but basically Wolverine, it looks like it looked before when Wolverine was like trying to escape, Beast is holding Wolverine hostage, basically has mangled his brain when he went through resurrection. Like, well, murdered. He's the one that murdered him, resurrected him with his brain mangled and is making him his own like slave assassin. And when Wolverine tried to escape, Krakoa like took him and it looked like, oh, is Krakoa helping Beast? No, it looks like Krakoa is trying to rebuild his help rebuild his memories back. That's what I was getting out of that, right? Yeah, yeah, very much so. I, then something else happens with Krakoa, and I can't tell if it was that entity the entire time or if that entity kind of entered, if you know what I mean. They, they say that, they tie it back to Sabretooth and the Exiles. Yeah. And say that Sabretooth left some kind of psychic imprint, some kind of in like the virus yeah. in the pit. And so there is this kind of Krakoan vegetative entity that's mimicking Sabretooth and attacking Wolverine. Yeah. But I'm not sure if that's the entity that restored Wolverine's, because that feels like a beneficial thing to do. I think this is like, he has to, when he when he conquers the Krakoa Sabretooth character, he'll be fully restored. All fully of his memories whole. will be. Yeah. And I think, because that, for me though, that's why I'm like, get to that. Because all of the rest of X-Force is just like begrudgingly like, uh, I guess we just have to go along with Beast. When Wolverine gets out, Wolverine's going to just straight up like end Beast. And I am so excited for that to happen. I am too. And I do think that there are other people in the in X-Men number 18, not to talk about that just yet, but I think there's two other characters that are going to be integral in taking Beast down as well. From X-Men? Yeah. Who? You're the singer? Gene and Emma. Oh, Gene and oh, Gene and Emma. Oh, right. Yeah, because Emma was like, Gene, can you come here, please? You know, psychically, secretly. Oh, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. And then Gene showed up and, and put Beast in his place. So those two are done. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait for Beast to have his comeuppance. I can't wait either. And I really do like this Wolverine does move us forward to start to get us there. Yeah, I do. Um, This is my prediction though, is when it, when Wolverine confronts them, I think they're going to try to, I think Wolverine's going to try and kill beast. And then they're like, Hey, well we need to act. And then Emma and Jean are gonna be like, stop. Cause this will just be resurrected. We need to get him in the pit. We need to do something. And I think at that moment, Colossus will reveal his betrayal and Beast will go onto the side of, of Colossus's brother and work with them. Maybe. Yeah. That's my little that. prediction. Uh, Beast is definitely, 
he, I completely agree that Beast is going to disconnect from Krakoa. Like, I think we have another Moira. Yeah, but that's not, not only do we have another Moira, but to think about like who who are these new bad guys we have? We have Moira, we have Beast, we have Abigail Brand. Like, it's getting to the point where the new Orcus is mostly like it's going to be like mutants. <laughs> it would be interesting to see if Beast would ever align with Orcus. The thing is, when it comes to people that are complete weird, crazy fascists, like like he, he Beast is acting like he's doing all of this because he believes in the mutant cause. He's doing this because he wants power. He's doing this because he believes he's the smartest person in the room. And so Beast is going to align with who th- also thinks he's the smartest person in the room. I think Beast absolutely would turn on correct in three seconds. As, as long as someone else thought he was smarter. Yeah. And it just really saddens me. I can imagine, you know how like uh, Chris Claremont always gets really angry when he like reads stuff on like Jubilee becoming a vampire and stuff. I wonder yeah, he if Grant, in my face. I wonder if Grant Morrison, like who just wrote such a great beast as a hero is like, like is seeing what's happening here. And it's like, oh, you know, I Grant Morrison is a good guy. Yeah, he will, but he'll do it in his kind, like, well, you know, this is an art form where everyone uh, builds off one another and, you know, you can never predict. It's like chaos theory, like you can never tell (laughs) where things are going to go. That said, you know, Beast is a hero. (laughs) Like that, he absolutely will. Remember It's okay, it's like, that's the vibe. Remember when Beast was the voice of reason to Cyclops and Emma during the whole X-Force, Dark Avengers, all of that, like, Dark X-Men like Beast was the voice of reason being like, Cyclops, what are you doing? You can't have a kill team. And now he's I ahead know. of the kill team. It's just so, and it's, and you know whose fault it is? It's Brian Michael Bendis. Because I think it was when Beast brought the old X-Men back from the yeah. past, everyone was like, you're a fucking idiot. And all of that, you're so dumb, Beast. You're a fucking idiot, Beast. And then he saw the young version of himself. I think that's something in him snapped. Yeah, that was the that was the pivotal moment. Yeah. For sure. That was a pivotal moment. But Ooh, anyway, big move too. I will tell you this. As soon as Deadpool and Maverick and uh Omega Red are not in Wolverine, I'd love a Wolverine book. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Oh, the and other then, thing speaking interesting. Speaking of those three, yep. Oh, wait, the other thing interesting in Wolverine is uh the the, the kid who had cancer. The, yeah, the girl, Jeff the, Bannister's the daughter of oh Jeff daughter. Bannister, that's the name of the that character. So do do you think is he still trapped somewhere or do you think he was murdered? We never because when Wolverine was murdered, he was there with him, and I just assumed he got killed. I'm yeah, curious. I'm assuming he's trapped just because the kid yeah. is like, I need you to save my dad yeah. from Be- from Beast. So Beast has got Jeff Bannister somewhere. And that leads us in what other what other X books do we have? We have Legion of X and X-Men 18. Legion of X 9. Which one should we talk about first? Let's talk about X-Men since we already kind of touched upon okay. some of the things that happened in that book. This but is a lot interesting. Of this, yeah, very interesting. We have, we're dealing with the ramifications of there now being two Wolverines, of that Wolverine not being dead. Uh and the thing that's just vast is like I just felt this. This is why this book is so well written. It's just like this beautiful character study on Laura, 
And we see the older version of her and the younger version of her, and they want nothing to do with each other, which I find so fascinating. I find it fascinating. It's but also, never do they yeah. dare suggest that only one of them be alive. They, they, it, it is a completely understood respect for each other's existence, but they don't want any part of it. But here's the crazy thing that they realized is if one of them dies, they won't be resurrected until the other one dies. Right. And, and probably one of them. But I, that's the thing is we now have conflicting memories. Will both sets of memories be uploaded in the, per- if they both die, will both sets of memories be uploaded or will one be sacrificed? Yeah. Like what are the backup files? Like, is there like a Laura Kinney and then like a Laura Kinney underscore one? Yeah. Because if you're just going to do the older um, version of Laura, does that mean everything that's happened since the vault of this new Laura is just, that's just, it's just gone? I find that all very interesting. And did they ever decide on if Gabby dies, if she gets resurrected? Yeah, they landed on yes. Okay. Well, they did resurrect her. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, they yeah, snuck, yeah, that's they, right. That's they right. snuck her, they snuck, they sneaked resurrect her. But right. yeah, I mean, they resurrected Maddie. Like they landed on like, okay, like we won't be so black and white when it comes to clones. And also we got the exterminators are now kind of their own official team to fight the vampires now. Which was so fun. I like I didn't expect the X-Men to dip into a limited series, like the main book to then dip into something that's going on for a brief moment in time. Yeah. Loved that because it gave us Jubilee and Sync yes! together. It was the yeah. final, it was it was one of those things where I was like, um, they we're on a team called Generation X together. Is it going to be addressed? And it was. And he was like fucking with her. And she's like, Everett. And you're like, yay. They're like yay. addressing it that they fucking know each other. But that's the thing is they know each other. But Sync also, that's, you have to remember Sync, the, I'd say 90% of Sync's life was in the vault. He's like 400 years old. His mm-hmm. life with the X, and then he was dead for this whole long period of time. Yeah, his he life with the X Men is very Academy. small. So I, that's the thing is why he's so attached to older Lara. Is they're like we've had hundreds of years together, bitches. Fuck all y'all. Fascinating. Loved it. Loved it. Fascinating. Loved it. And then they have sex, and then Emma's like, "Oh, Jean, look who showed up. It's Jean. Look who showed up to the Beast meeting. Everyone, it's Jean." Yeah. Jean's like, thanks for the heads up. Girl. Yeah, and they're and they're yeah, they're just talking to each other. She's like, I got you, girl. Psychically, like, yeah. <laughs> love, love, love seeing Emma Frost and Jean Grey like on the same page. It's my favorite thing on the planet, always. Yeah, because it's just like, you know what? We don't want to hang out at all, but we'll both fucking take down a bad guy together in three seconds. It's like, all right, let's, we need to, we need to take care of business. All right. Now it's like, okay, you go fuck Cyclops. I'll fuck Cyclops later. Beat it. But when they need to be working together, they will work together. I love it. And I love Hank's approach. I mean, I love Jean's approach to Hank. Like, she's like, seriously, friend, like, do you think you're where you belong? Like, are you, what's happening? Like, yeah, maybe we should do something else. Yeah. (laughs) Oh. And then we cut to the epilogue 
which leads us to the next upcoming storyline, which is a brood-focused storyline. And it looks like Corsair is pregnant with a brood baby and ready to shoot himself in the head thusly. I know. Well, where do you go from that? I mean, I guess, are we going to get rid because his their their dad, uh, ha- Havoc and Cyclops' dad is not a mutant. So He's a that, human. He doesn't get resurrected. Yeah, that he would not be resurrected. Although, they did break the rules for Captain America. I'm sure Cyclops could be like, do it for my dad. And then Havoc would be like, do it for my dad. And then Vulcan will be like, I'll crush you. <laughs> and then uh, what's the other one that was supposed to be their brother? Adam. Gambit? No. Oh, Adam X. Adam X will be like, hey, guys. They're like, beat it. Hey, ra- radical. <laughs> Take your backwards hat and Adam, hit the bricks. Adam X is, do you remember Poochie from The Simpsons? <laughs> exactly. That's what it is. Hey, dude. Catch you on the flip side, dude. My sister's not. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh did they ever I feel like the brood stuff they keep talking about how what's the what's the mutant brood guy with Brew. They always mention like, oh well he was brood king, but then something happened. They never something really happened. They never really showed that. So I'm hoping whatever this brood story is will maybe get into I mean it kinda has to. Of like, well yeah, I thought you had I thought he was the brood king, so we should have all this under control. I think they ate him because I haven't seen him in a while. Shit. That's not good. But then technically, no. can't they resurrect him since he's a mutant? Yes, because he was technically a mutant. Just like North, uh, um, Longshot and Warlock are mutants. Yeah. Crazy. It's Crazy Warlock. Well, man. Warlock, does that take us right into Legion of X? It sure does. This book has a lot going on. And whereas X-Men Red felt like it came to a conclusion, this one kind of built to a pinnacle to a cliffhanger yeah i mean at least it was explaining it was it was explaining a lot of stuff revealing a lot but there are a lot of plot threads and variables and characters i mean a little too many like we've got we introduced margali zardo so we've got the whole she's turning random mutants into monsters thing then we've got and is that that's the person who raised nightcrawler yeah, Nightcrawler's adoptive mother. But Mystique mother. is the biological mother. Correct. Okay. But Mystique yeeted Nightcrawler off of a cliff. Margali picked him up with her cute little daughter, Amanda Sefton. Yes. Where's Amanda Sefton in all this? I know. If Amanda Sefton shows up, I'll be like, here I am. This book does not need any more characters. Please do not bring in another new character into this book. Hi, it's Amanda Sefton. Oh, thank God. <laughs> thank you so much. This is my favorite book. Um, yeah, so basically it turns out that Nightcrawler's mom is the one that's kind of beastifying all of these X-Men. But uh, we also get more going on with the whole... Of why I mean I'm I'm starting to like it's so much is happening, of why Magus, Warlock's dad was killed, right? Nimrod did it. Nimrod did it. We find <laughs> out. So the end is kind of revealed that Magus was killed so that those technarchy spores would fill the astral plane. Let's just oversimplify it and say that, and then. Through the spores, Nimrod was able to infiltrate. And then when Warlock showed up, Nimrod was able to infiltrate Warlock. And since Warlock is spread 
throughout, throughout Krakoa, Nimrod is Nimrod was Krakoa. able to hack the island. So now you've got not only Margoli, Margali, and Orcus. You've got Nimrod and the whole like astral plane and technarchies and babble spires and phalanx, that whole thing. Then you've got Mother Righteous inter- with her spirit of variance thing, interrupting the father's story plot thread of Legion and Xavier, interrupting that, revealing that Xavier betrayed Legion. Legion can still make a deal with her. It's so much. Okay, can we talk about now, this is the thing where uh, Legion calls over Xavier and Xavier was assumed he was like calling him over to like battle him for leadership or something and basically put what did he do to him? What did he did he do I, a psychic just, like some kind of psychic drain or like he he basically just did something to progressively weaken Legion. But then he realized at the end like, "Oh, I thought you were going to fight me, so I was like, I thought this was like a battle. Whoops." And I'm like, "Well, fucking fix it, you idiot." Oh. Yeah, and then Ruth blindfold is like when the shit hits the fan and Nimrod starts invading, Blindfold's like, what the fuck did you do to Legion? And Xavier's like, that doesn't matter now. The fuck? What? Yeah, it does. Because who, mother- who do you think we need to help save everything? Xavier is so dumb. How fucking, how about this? How about, what is that thing doing to my island? Why is it attacking my people? Yeah, yeah. Check your pronouns. Exactly. And the fact that he doesn't give two shits about his children should make people worried about like, why should he give, why do you think he gives a shit about anyone? In a, in a lot of ways, Beast and, and Xavier are kind of cut from the same cloth. It's just Xavier is getting a lot of other people to do dirty work for him where Beast is getting his hands dirty. Yeah. But Xavier yeah. is like, come on. I do think, yeah, I do think it's this is getting to a head. The same thing with Beast where it's like Xavier can't be in the leadership position much longer because it's there's too much. He's doing too much out-of-pocket shit. Well, keep in mind what's after Sins of Sinister is Fall of X. Yeah. Yeah. So I would Xavier like it rather than Beast Fall of gonna... X being like, oh, all the mutants are going to be – destroyed i'd rather it be xavier has been overthrown and now we don't know who the new leadership would be i'd much rather have that than a whole other genocidal uh oh all the x-men are about to be genocided it's going to be genocidal because all of this um there's a lot of things happening where orcus is getting good pr like orcus getting good pr is a thing but they can't go back to the they just okay if they want to be genocidal, that's fine. But if they do genocide, I have a big problem with that. You can't keep genociding a whole race of people, even if though it's a made-up race of people. Like, that's not... It's like the new refrigeration. It's that we can't use genocide as a plot point to, to raise the stakes. You Like, even if they're going to threat that, if this ends with like, oh, there's only 198 mutants left, fuck off. I'm done with that. I'm, I can't. I can't. I shan't have it. We'll see what happens. Maybe it's just that they don't. They want to take away the nation's sovereignty. They don't want to genocide them. That's fine. I just don't want it to end with actual all up. We wiped Jet everybody like, yeah. out. I mean, honestly, because this is the thing is, honestly, I liked it when they tried to wipe a bunch of them out because it was like, yeah, there's too many to keep track of. But then Krakoa, they're like, oh, now we're going back up to millions of them. You can't keep going. We're like, oh, there's millions of mutants. There's 100. There's millions and now of mutants. There's, four, there's 100. Yeah, yeah I can't I, do that. Yeah, you can't keep going back and forth. Pick a lane. It's tasteless and cliche. 
Uh, but uh, I, I like where Legion of X is going, but I agree, I agree with you. It's just too, it's trying to do too many things. Just do too fewer things. Well, now Legion of X is going to become Nightcrawlers. It's just a bunch of worms. Ew! Actually, have you seen promo art? There's like every mutant is a Nightcrawler. There's like a Nightcrawler pyro and like... Oh, that's fun. Yeah. What were those little mini Nightcrawlers in Wolverine and the X-Men? Bamfs. What were those? That was from Kitty's Fairy Tale, like a classic... Claremont issue where Kitty was telling a fairy tale. But they were actually there. What are they actually? When they were They're from another dimension. Oh, okay. So they're just gone now? Yeah. Okay. That's what Nightcrawler's made out of, remember? He's made out of Bamfs? Yeah, when he's died and they brought him back by all these Bamfs like reformed into Nightcrawler. Wait, when I thought he just came back from heaven. No, but to like have a corporeal body. Oh, oh, that's right. Oh, that to buy. Oh, right. Oh, that's so stupid. I hate that. I hate the idea when they try to bring that heaven is real. As an atheist, I I take like if they're just like, here's Hercules. I'm like, fine. But then they're like, here's Jesus. I'm like, nope, no. I don't know. (laughs) Belinda Carlisle started it. What? Oh, because heaven is a place on earth. She said heaven is a place on earth. But she was also mad about you, so, and she's got the beat. Yep, <laughs> I'm head over heels for her. <laughs> uh, I need a vacation. All right, all right, that's enough. Okay, so, um, do you ever see the, the 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 VH1 behind the music of the Go Go's? No, they were a drug addicted, sex addicted punk band. Yeah. And yeah. then it was like, oh, be these cute little girly girls. And then they'd be like, on okay. tour, snorting, fucking, going fucking insane. And then they'd be like, la, la, vacation, all that. I love it. Yep. Love them. They were my first concert. <gasps> Sweet. That's great. My first concert was Donnie and Marie. <gasps> Shh, they're demons. Maria Osmond just uh, released that she's not giving her children any money of her money when she dies. Wow. She, I just saw her on that awful, hollow, like, what was it? The Hollywood Christmas Parade. Yeah. That was like the most abysmal thing I ever saw on television. Yeah. She, she was in that. And I was like, this, what, this woman, how is she still alive? (laughs) Let alone performing. (laughs) Oh my God. Aren't you dead yet, Marie Osmond? Aren't you old yet, Marie Osmond? Well, oh, she is old. Her yep, whole face are. is a piece of plastic. Holy shit. Talk about that. her wig. Now that's 40 inches. <laughs> is there any other X-Books? No, I think we should move into our television and movie segment. Hit the music. Someone who watch superhero sci-fi stuff with me. We haven't talked for a bit about a certain show called Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. And uh, Doom Patrol is uh, kind of finally getting into its groove of like kind of starting to hit home of like, oh, this is the big bad. It's starting to drive towards uh, the big bad confrontation. 
Yeah. So the big bad is Immortus. And I think three issues we haven't talked about, but the past three issue, uh, episodes, the past three episodes have been basically uh, the, the plan to resurrect Immortus being put in place. And that plan involves stealing the immortality from our immortal characters, um, the original four that lived with Niles Calder. So that's Elastigirl, Crazy Jane, Robot Man, and Negative Man. And also they needed, uh, who was the, the, the neck? Oh, it was Niles Calder was the necklace that was taken yes. from Dorothy. Yes. Yeah. So yes. we got to revisit Dorothy and, uh, Dorothy Spinner came back to her and Danny, the street, and Danny, the street. Back. We had a bunch Danny of drag Queens turn into like, like fly robots to attack people. Yep. Exactly. Uh, it was very strange. Um, but it was nice to see drag Queens fight back. Um, yeah, we have to now because it's, there's kind of a war going on at World of Wonder right now. They're they're coming. They're really the Republicans have like put a big old target at a drag race right now. Have they really? Well, it's because they're now attacking all those like drag. Like if you go to any oh yeah um, drag story hour drag yep. story hour, it is now like a, a like protests on both sides. But there was a drag con in UK, and it's being covered very yeah. harshly of like groomers, groomers. I love how it's just like there. It's like, do you not know what the word groomer means? No, they don't. Because they don't. It's just a word that symbolizes their hate for gays. Exactly, that's, that's because all it need, needs to be as soon as someone from all of the churches that they all go to molests children, they yeah, all you know, the fucking pedophiles. sweep it under the rug and be like, "What?" Yeah, because here's what I'm gonna say is in this drag find me one drag time story hour where a child was harmed in any way because you're saying groomed no but it might make a child want to be a drag queen okay that's not grooming that's not what it is so everybody fucking lighten the fuck up only straight white guys groom so let's just put that out there yeah. Well, they, I mean, there can be grooming. I mean, everyone is capable of grooming, but the one sure. if if we're going to try and lump if we're going to try and lump a whole group and stereotype, yes, we would go for the straight white men. It'll, it'll be straight white men. Yeah. They hold the majority in terms of grooming. What I cannot stand is that a lot of this or a lot of the purported, you know, reasons why are the 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 sexualization that drag represents the sexualization, the perversion. And like, yeah, drag is, is sexual. Of course it is, but, but it's not I will say this, inherently sexual. But I will say this, the body sexualized boobies hanging out stuff. That's done at the bars. That's not done at the brunch. That's not done at the story brunch. Exactly. So that's the Most thing is drag is comedic, not sexual. And that's just the you know idea of, of a man dressing up as a woman or the idea of a man wanting to marry another man, they boil it down to being like, that's sex. That's you want to put a wiener in a butt. That's all they can think about is the wieners and the butts. Yeah. Stop. I know. Calm the fuck down. Horn put something dogs. up your butt. Because you know what is great? A wiener and a butt. It is great. So you know what com- else is great? What? Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. Anyway, Danny the Street. They made their. They made. They. They. they Space Case shows up. Uh, yeah. So Dorothy Spinner has the ability to bring imaginary friends into reality. So when Danny the the Street is attacked by these drone robots, 
Dorothy creates Space Case. She pulls Space Case out of a comic but book. But here's the thing. Space Does Case she? Is real. Because the robots and all were her father, so he was already there. You know what I mean? True. So, but Very then true. did she create them as well? But it looks like the I dad was so. working for Immortus. So I feel like if the dad is working for Immortus, I, I, I feel like they're going to explain it more. Because I have a feeling that Danny the Street and and Dorothy and Space Case are going to meet up with Doom Patrol to confront them. Absolutely. They so might, we'll I wonder find if they'll more say like. They all come from the idea space. They all come from that space where imaginary characters yeah. live, oh, you know, right. Mortis included. Um, but then we get to a fun one where because uh, during the movie episode, uh, Elastigirl gets her, her immortality taken away. Her longevity. Her longevity. And so she starts aging. So she goes through um, – Niles old like don't use these these haven't been tested and basically gets a powder on everybody that causes them to de-age and they become teenagers at first teenage personalities in adult bodies but that soon changes and then they actually start turning into little children and then they turn to babies and then did the bunny save all of them how did they because in the end it was like oh you're going to cease to exist but then the next episode they all were just back to normal how were they, they were all back, back to, normal, to normal and they said they said who who it was um was it the bunny was it the i think it was the bunny or was it the bunny saved um the wizard guy what's his name the guy from supernatural yeah and then he fake saved constantine <laughs> fake constantine yeah and then he saved them. Yeah. And so then that. Willoughby. Yes. And then we get Agent 104, who is Mohinder from, is that, was who was he in Heroes? Mohinder. Mohinder from Heroes. And the dad on uh, Never Have I Ever. And yes. he is ready to fuck a bandaged man, which is weird. I don't know. Matt Bomer. Um, I mean, it's Matt Bomer. It's Matt, he doesn't remember. He doesn't know what he looks like. I know, but you can Matt Bomer's sexy no matter what he's wearing. I I don't know. I that's the hard thing is when you're just a bandaged up freak. Um, well, I guess freak is a hard harsh word to use. But Jesus when you're Christ. when you're all bandaged up and like, but I mean, he's like you know, he's like all his face is all fucked up and stuff. I don't know when yeah. someone's like, hey, hey he baby. oozes radiation. Yeah, he oozes radiation. If someone's into that, I don't know. That question, that's, I question. That. You know what? I will say this. His face is fucked up, but he's still cuter than some of the guys I see on Scruff. Oh, true. Anyway, they're flirting. He's like, hey, actually, my powers, because he can, like, suck the water out of things. He's like, my powers are getting out of control, and it looks like they're going to get so powerful. When they get out of control, I might create an apocalyptic event, so I need to, like... Yeah, he's like he's like Molecule Man. Like, he can do anything. Yeah, so he's like, I need my powers to get under control, and Immortus is going to help me. So then, uh, even... what What's his... Uh, the, the little electric blue guy? Is it Blink? What's his name inside of him? Oh, um, Keeg. 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 Blink. I don't know why. Bleak, clink, clunk. Okay. So anyway, even uh, it turns out uh, Keeg, the thing he saw in the zombie future was that in order to stop a negative man from literally just blowing up the entire world, he had to like throw him into the sun. Yeah. Like, it's inevitable. There's multiple scenarios where negative man is about to destroy the planet by accident and Keeg has to kill him. 
They're like flash, fo- they're like multiversal flash forwards. So he's even like, okay, take my longevity so Immortus can have it because because this is what Keeg wants. And so there's people that are actually like giving into Immortus. There's people that are still trying to battle Immortus. And then it turns out the person who's like the main person who's like helping him is is good old Wally from the olden days, from yeah, back from when the, uh, um, yeah, back the uh, the sisterhood of Dada, yeah. right? Uh, Rita's past, Madame Rouge's past. Um, Wally was a soldier. Wally actually was a soldier who I believe killed Malcolm, um, which Rita's love. Yeah. And so it's revealed that he is behind the resurrection of Immortus. He's the one taking the longevity from the Doom Patrol. And so we've got Cyborg, Cyborg's best friend from childhood. And then I wanted Rita, Larry... Cliff, they're all there. Jane. About to face Wally. Jane, they're all there. Now, where was the part when Rita and Madame Rouge went to see Wally? It looked like she turned into a blob and killed him, but then he was like with Immortus. Yeah, that seemed like a ruse, I guess. Yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm sure they'll explain that, but I'm confused on that. Me too, me too. But fun stuff. But it seems like... Yeah, this thing just came to a climax, and I think you're right. I think we'll see Dorothy and Space Case show up and turn the tides. Oh, immortal. Do you think it's a this, good show? Do you think this will end with them being immortal again, or will they stop being immortal and have to deal with that? I think they'll get their longevity back. All right. Arita Far, she can't age. Oh. <laughs> Imagine the indignity. But that's the other thing. But Robot Man, does he really need it? Well, I guess he does. But his longevity, his was, brain, was that was was. But he already had um, Parkinson's. Shouldn't his longevity? Why wasn't it stopping that? I don't know. But speaking of Robot Man, do you know what that reminds me of? Other robots, Other maybe robots. robot women, robot yeah. girls. Yeah, robot girls. How about we talk about a certain movie that's a bona fide hit? Bona fide hit. 96% of Rotten Tomatoes friends. Also making shit tons of money. Like this movie did not cost a lot of money to make and it made it no. back. It's, it's, it's a huge hit. Yeah. I mean, I bet you at this point, this is more profitable than Avatar is. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, this movie that we were talking about, it's called Megan. Megan. I mean, when I saw the first trailer for this, I was like, oh, this is going to be my new favorite oh, movie. Oh, this is going to be, yeah. This, was <laughs> this is for the for gays. This is for the this gays. This is for the gays, yes. <laughs> and boy, is it ever. It is so gay. If you're a gay and you show up to this movie, you're automatically going to cheer everything this, this robot says. Because, yeah, when I saw this movie in the theaters with a packed crowd... Everybody knew what time it was. Everyone knew this was exact, a fucking same. comedy. People were same. laughing like we were in a fucking like like full on comedy. It was hilarious. I saw it in its second weekend, and I still had a packed theater. And this audience was like all about Megan's nonverbals. Anytime <laughs> she made a face, yeah. Anytime she made a face, the audience went crazy. Yeah. There was this gay, a group of gays in front of us, but one guy just kept being like, anytime she did something, he would be like, I just love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, I saw it with my husband. I think, what was the point? 
where I whisper to him, I think this is my favorite movie. For me, where I, I mean, from the very opening where it had the fake commercial, I was like, oh, the, oh it's, it's campy from it's moment one. Exactly. But for me, when she gets attacked by the dog and then when she's just staring over the fence with her hair all messed up, <laughs> doing that thousand yard stare. And I was just like, I am living for this. I also I'm just living. love that she was just killing a bunch of assholes and Karens and shitty bosses and bullied kid and bullying kids. She was like, atta- I said, rooted for. Yeah. And here's the thing is Allison Williams also knew what this movie was. I saw an interview yes, with Allison Williams and she yes. says she's that she's addicted to seeing this movie in the theaters, that she has seen the movie in the theaters twice already, just sitting in the back and watching everybody laugh. And she like loves it. She, like she, she really, <laughs> she really did fit into exactly what this movie was given. Like she knew exactly what to give because she's kind of a shitty parent. She's like a shitty parent. <laughs> And a selfish parent. But she leaned into like how fucking awful this character is. But everything she delivered was a little tongue in cheek. Yeah. Oh, of course. And it got to the point where Megan then just went so bonkers crazy that then you're like, oh, she passed the point of no return. It's time to shut her down. Where then you're like, okay, I guess we have to shut her down. But before that, I was like, kill, 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 kill. Oh, kill absolutely. Kill everybody. And then uh, kill it's also everything. crazy as a guy that I know from the Groundlings, who I've met and hung out with a few times, uh, Brian Jordan oh, Alvarez. Oh, Brian Jordan Alvarez? Uh, I thought he was, uh, I was waiting for him he to was die great. more brutally. I thought he was He didn't die. die. He did not oh. die. He should have. Maybe he'll die in Almost the sequel. Died. I wanted Maybe. more death. This Maybe. is my only gripe with the movie. My only gripe with the movie is I wanted it to be rated R. I wanted. To, I, I was just gonna say. I wanted yeah. it to be a little bloodier, a little gorier, a little more like, like it was like, hey, cunt, like you know, I where yeah. it couldn't do any. Like and it was PG thirteen. We'll, for what? Maybe it, we'll get there. It's a ten out of ten for a PG thirteen. But I'm telling you, if this movie was an R, it would have been one of my favorite movies of all time. Like where she's like, you ungrateful little bitch. Can you imagine? She's just like, oh, you're a little cunt. Like I would have been like, like bridesmaids. Yes. All I wanted, I was like, I'm going to love this movie no matter what, but I'm truly going to love this movie if at some point Megan calls that little girl a bitch. <laughs> and she sure does. And at the end when she, she sure said, does. you ungrateful little bitch, I was like, that's all I needed. That was all I needed. Thank you. Bye. Tell me what happens. And the thing that's amazing about this is that they were like, is there going to be a sequel? I'm like, this shit is set up for a sequel. You don't even have to rewrite anything. They already no. sold the parts to a rival company. She already this was downloaded. Like the first half. Yeah, she already downloaded her stuff in that other little like Alexa. Like right. We, so it's it's like I already have. I can write this right now, bitches. It's like it was part one of a two part movie. You know, like it's so set up for a sequel. It's yeah. like we ended in the middle. Yeah. And I just want them to give the. I mean, they're not going to because it was so popular. But I really want them. To give it an R. To give it an R. It buddy, I know. Buddy, buddy, it just, buddy. yeah. And I can I tell you right now. can't see it. This is my, because this is the other thing that I think we should watch is I'm going to start watching, maybe tonight, I want to start watching the Chucky, the series? Chucky series. Hell yeah. Because it's all gay. you know we're it's getting gay. Megan versus Chucky. We're, it's very it's, queer. There's going yeah. to be Megan versus Chucky in 10 years. Absolutely. Megan versus Chucky. 100%. Or Chucky loves Megan. Chucky loves Megan. And Jennifer Tilly. Or Bride of Chucky Megan. versus Megan. <gasps> yes, Jennifer Tilly. And then throw in Wally. We're, Get Wally in there too. 
and Vicky from Small Wonder. <laughs> Megan at one point rolled her eyes when Ronnie Chang made a joke, and it was like I, I was reborn. Yeah. Also, Ronnie Chang is Favorite a villain. Movie. Perfect, great. Perfect. Always so. Again, like casting Ronnie Chang as a villain. Like this movie knew exactly what it was giving, and it was giving you high camp. Yeah. It was giving you tongue in cheek. Yeah. I mean, as so soon good. as like when she starts dancing, that's the one thing is like if I hadn't seen, it's like the dancing is what made me want to go see the movie. But if I hadn't known that was coming and I saw that fresh, I do <laughs> wish I had that moment. I think I would have like skyrocketed. I know exactly. Right. right? <laughs> Incredible. So I have a question. So when the dog attacked, <laughs> when the dog attacked her was so funny, did you notice like the dog shock collars, shock collar started sparking? Are we to assume, are we to intuit that it was the shock collar electrocution that kind of mutated Megan a little bit? Oh. Or like like knocked her off kilter. Maybe. I was like, why did they bring up the shock collar? And then it was sparking when she was being attacked. And I was like, oh. Oh, yeah. I Maybe the that's shock what, collar, yeah. like, yeah. Started like get, uh, Demented her. disarming some of the parental controls. Exactly. Because that was the um, thing with Allison Williams being like, Megan off. And she's like, actually, no. Actually, um. no. <laughs> it was the dog shock collar. Oh, it's I was like, such they brought a up the, movie. That was another great thing about this movie is they telegraphed so many. There was like a there was like a Chekhov's shock collar, a Chekhov's chemical tank, like there was so, a Chekhov's robot named Bruce. Like there were so many things that were set up in the beginning that oh, you're yeah. like, that's how. Oh, as gonna soon die. as she was doing that's that robot Bruce, I was her. like, oh, that's going to be used to kill Megan. Like I knew. Oh, 100%. I was like, especially when she put her fists together to activate it, which is such like a balls out cool move, yeah. like cool pose. <laughs> and I was like, give me the little girl doing her fists to activate Bruce. And they gave it to me. I didn't introduce you to another member of our family. His name is Bruce. I lived. Yeah. That's a movie I can oh, just like the- watch over and over again. It's great. The other, oh, absolutely. The other horror trope that I, I don't know if you, like, you have the two people start off hating each other and then they, through their rivalry, fall in love. Yeah. And I think I might have voiced this on the show before. Mine is child protagonist in a horror movie fights back at the end. Like, I, I will be on my feet. Like, when the kid takes it to Chucky at the end, doesn't work out great for the kid, but it is one of my favorite things. Yeah. So when Me- when Katie put on those fucking gloves, I was like, let's do this, bitch. Yeah. I will say the, the other interesting thing that I thought it was going, and I wonder, because they are saying this was originally written as a hard R, and they had to, like, rewrite it. Oh, yeah. What if the reason Megan was like that is actually because the, the kid is a psychopath? Yes, that's and yeah, what okay, if the you. kid when she was thank like, you. "Let's kill Allison," and she's like, "Okay," I think yeah. that would have been a really fun turn that. as well. Because the kid was kind of a psycho, and then she yeah. was kicking yeah. Allison Williams's chair or seat while she was driving. I was like, "This bitch, she's psychotic." Yeah, I I was like, I definitely thought there was like a Ultron Tony kind of relationship. Yeah, happening like the kid is a sociopath, and therefore so is Megan. Yeah, because can you imagine? She's yeah. like, why are you doing this? And then like she walks in and she's like, because I told her to. You know, you're like, what? That would have been amazing. That would have been really funny. 
because it was odd for Katie to just turn on a dime and be like, okay. Yeah. Well, I, I think once she st- I think once she started seeing trying to kill everybody, I think she was like, ooh, <laughs> this probably isn't okay. going to work out in the long run. Ooh. Although, but I, but I will say the... there was a movie. If you are wanting to see um, the child protagonist uh, be the crazy killer, watch um, the woman in the house across the, what is it? The woman in the house across the street. The, uh, the... Oh, is that the, um, the Kristen Bell? The Kristen right? Bell Netflix? one. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot. I did watch that. Yeah. That's it's the little girl did it the entire time. Uh, that was so great. Good. That was a good twist. Yeah. Yeah, Megan provides. Megan is mother. We love her. We love you, My Megan. God. It's so sad that like we Bros came you. out right when the uh, the first trailer for Megan came out, and everyone's are like, "No, this is what the gays want. The gays want a dancing <laughs> killer robot. We don't want like honest <laughs> conversations about our our gay right. history. We don't want pathos. <laughs> we want Megan." Uh, because oh my God. she she took that bully's ear and she said, "I don't think you're listening to yeah, me." Yeah, uh, we everybody cheered when the bully died. A little child oh, died, yeah. and everybody applauded. <laughs> they did so much to make that kid the least sympathetic character. He was ever basically like practically like sexually assaulting the doll. So everyone was like, "Yes, oh yeah, you have to die now." His first line was "fuck you, Holly" to his mother. <laughs> it was great, oh and I will tell you this: like my uh, fiance Joe, whenever somebody bullies someone in a movie, he's like, "They should be killed," and I'll be like, "This is a G-rated movie. That's not going to happen." So he was really into this. <laughs> it was amazing that they killed that kid. Like when he tripped and fell, I was like. Oh, okay. He's going to be. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, oh, so I good. think we did it. I think we did it. We did it, we did guys. It. Um, and, like, even like talking about Megan recharged me. Exactly. And I'm telling you, it'll recharge you too. But here's the problem if you, um, thank you for listening, everybody. Um, but I do have a big warning to tell everybody if you go see the movie Megan, and you feel that little <laughs> yeah. sparkle deep down inside of you. I hate to break it to you, but yeah. that makes you queer. You ungrateful little bitch. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.